This is Corks and Cowtown, a podcast that explores the movers, shakers, influencers, and the finest Fort Worth has to offer. And now, here are your hosts. You can't come on yet. You have to do a shambong first. There we go. And now, here are your hosts, Robin and Barton. Welcome to Corks and Cowtown. Welcome. Uh, thank you all for listening. Let me say that first of all. Today's episode is going to be a little different. Yes. A little bit more serious, a little bit more vulnerable from myself and Robin. Honest, from the heart, you know, everything that we are going to talk about that can be discussed like in a factual way. Best believe I did some research and fact checks Mm -hmm. on it just so it won't be something that's spewing out of my mouth. But yeah. So everything that's going on in this world, and this is not even a COVID talk. This is a right and wrong love versus hate Mm -hmm. talk. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. So today, me and Robin also made a decision to not shambong. No, we will not be drinking. We're not drinking on this episode because there's nothing really to drink about when we're talking talking about these... um, situations and things and you really don't want me drinking and talking about this stuff because yeah it'll get yeah we get hot real quick real quick what brought about all of this is i would say police brutality would you agree with that yes and i think that it even has just stemmed from racism in general right right okay exactly racism in general in general from Across the board, racism in general, but a lot of the things that sparked a lot of the protests Mm -hmm. and the speaking out, police brutality, but also just other ignorant people out there calling the cops on people for no reason, Mm -hmm. knowing that at any point in time, if police show up, which way a situation can go. Yeah. And for them to utilize that to threaten somebody like, oh, I'm not going to get my way. So let me say out loud, I'm going to call the cops on you. And be an absolute coward. And be an absolute coward. And just knowing, first of all, if you you know the power that you have and you know the power that the cops have, and then to say that to someone is technically attempted murder. Mm -hmm. If you really sit back and think about what could happen you couldn't murder, have somebody murdered just from one phone call. Yeah. What I want to do real quick is I'm going to um, talk about a quick history, which is all factual on all of this stuff. Kind of like how everything that's happening nowadays, where it originated from. Let's just say, so white people are the products of the history that their ancestors chose. Think about that. And if you're black, you're a product of a history that your ancestors did not choose. Yet we're all in this together, the products of those set choices. We have to understand all of what I just said in order to escape every single thing that we're going through. That first day that a ship went over to Africa and picked up that first black person was well over 400 years ago. And I'm going to discuss something in the future on how people like, oh, slavery was over and done with a long time ago. No. No, not not necessarily. 
let's just put it, something into perspective real quick. <clears throat> COVID-19 happened and the economy crashed. Mm-hmm. And let's just say after two to three months, it's just super crashed. Almost 30 million people are out of work on unemployment. That was three months. Let's say March to May, correct? Mm-hmm. Would you say March to May? Now imagine this. This is when I need you all to like really listen. Now imagine an economy that was built on the backs of 4 million black slaves for over 400 years. And then the slaves were granted their freedom. And now you have an economy that is shut down. 400 years, not three months, 400 years. So after three months, we just saw how people were pissed and protesting about not getting a haircut. Those same people's parents and grandparents got pissed about no more slaves. Now, what do you do with these former slaves? How do you rebuild your economy? Like every one of us wanted to go back to work. So their economy would just crash because slaves were free. This is where everything gets a little interesting. The 13th Amendment. The 13th Amendment basically says all Americans are free. Everyone. There's a loophole. Unless you're a criminal. Now, this is in the Constitution. So we all know in the Constitution was written. Why did they put that loophole in the Constitution? So this is going back some some years now. Post-Civil War, African-Americans were arrested in mass across the board for for loitering, for the smallest, smallest, smallest crimes. America's first prisons were, were built. So if you are a criminal, you're not free. You now belong to the state. And those arrested had to provide labor to rebuild the South after the Civil War. So what does that have to do with today's injustices, murders of innocent black and brown people? That has everything to do with what's going on today. That's how the system was built. And there hasn't been any type of system break that's been put in place to fix it. I encourage every single person listening to this. You, you've written me personally. You've written Robin. We've had kitchen roundtable discussions, and a lot of people are asking, what can I do to help? The first thing I want you to do is educate yourself on everything that I basically summarized. On Netflix, go and watch 13th Amendment. It will make everything so clear. It's, it's just wow. And a lot of people say slavery happened, they got their rights, so slavery ended. Well, let me just tell another little thing to you. First, you had slavery. Then, convict leasing. They leased out convicts to do work. And that's a form of slavery. Then, the Jim Crow era in segregation. So they had to stop the convict leasing, the slavery. So what happens next? Hmm, let me think. Let's go to segregation and Jim Crow. Then that ended 
let's say Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, you had a lot of people that banded together, protested, did all these things that we're seeing in present day today. What happens after that? There is a president, and I'm not talking about anything political right now, but there's some presidents by the name of Reagan and Nixon who started this thing called the War on Drugs. The War on Drugs was not about the War on Drugs. It was about War on Black People. Again, I want you to research this stuff that I'm saying because I don't want you just to think that this is an op-ed. This is also factual things. War on Drugs, which meant War on Black People. How? All of a sudden, out of nowhere... Crack was created, but black people got up to life for having an ounce or more on them, and white people got a slap on the wrist for cocaine, which is the same thing. One is just cooked. So for one ounce of crack, you got charged with having equal to the amount of 100 ounces of cocaine. A system of mass incarceration is happening right now. So let's talk about slavery convict leasing, segregation in Jim Crow, war on drugs, and now mass incarceration of black and brown people. This is all a form of slavery. This all goes back to the 13th Amendment. So where does police brutality fit into all of this? It really starts with, back then, how did you go about making these criminals work for you? You had to go and arrest them. The KKK, white supremacists, all those groups were the heads in all of the police departments. So nothing really has changed. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated 51 years ago. If you're a 51-year-old person, you're still young. Yep. You're still young. And if you think about there was never a system in place to break those old habits. So a sheriff back then left that department to his son, which left that department to his son, which left that department to his son. If you think about the people that has been in charge, they've all left a legacy for their children. If you think from after Reagan, you had George Herbert Walker Bush, and then you had the Clintons, and then you had the Bushes again. So for about 20 to 24 years, two families ran this country. What change was there to happen? It's all legacies. It's all people leaving these bad habits, these bad feelings, and these bad ignorant tendencies passed down to other generations. So I'm going to refocus on some things, but I'm going to let Robin like hop in now because I'm just been chatting for a quick little set. <laughs> well, I think that to touch on what you're saying, one of the biggest things that I don't discuss is my dad because he is exactly what those some of those people were. And I left home at 18 to go to college and I literally never looked back. You can break the chain. You do not have to follow in your parents' footsteps. Right. And I just want people to hear that. And if they are experiencing anything like that, 
come talk to me. It is not easy to leave your family, but it is worth it. Yeah. Just because you grew up in a specific way, shape or form in a specific town, let it be a hundred people in your town, a thousand people in your town. Oh, my town was super racist. This mm-hmm. is just the way I was raised. This is just how my family is. That's a cop out. That's a cop out. I wasn't around another race until I was going into my junior year of high school. I was mm-hmm. only around black people in Birmingham, Alabama, the heart of the civil rights movement. I lived on 18th Street in Inslee, Alabama, and those four black girls that were bombed in that church was bombed on 16th Street Baptist Church, two streets over from where where we lived. My grandmother heard the dang bomb go off. I've been in the midst of this for a long time, and a lot of people was like, well, Barton, you're different. If you've ever said that to a black friend of yours, well, Barton, you're different from the rest of them, you're part of the problem. You're, you're a complete idiot because I'm not different. And another thing, <laughs> if you've ever said to a black friend of yours, you're the white black version, you're the white blackest person that I know, you are a complete, that just makes just stop saying no that. <laughs> sense at all. Because what in the world does that mean? You mean the fact that I can speak with intelligence, speak with eloquence, speak with a great vocabulary. It can't be a me being educated and me being a great version of the race that I am. You have to just ixnay my race and add a white part to me. Like, oh, you're the white version of a black person because you can speak well, you are potentially successful, and you're, you don't wear your pants below your waist. How does that even make sense to say that to anybody? You know what I mean? Like that makes no sense at all. I think one of the biggest things to learn from this too, though, is that there are phrases like that, that people have never been corrected on. Right. And this is something that we've touched on with our friends. Mm -hmm. There are just a lot of terms. I have a friend that's a teacher and she said that a lot of teachers will, you know, go up to students, say, if a kid is tall, it's like, oh, well, you must play basketball. Right. You know, or depending on, you know, just people, certain talents, you make assumptions and stereotypes. And that is something that people need to stop doing because you're literally setting people up for a path that, first of all, why are you deciding that that's what it should be? Right. The ignorance behind some of the phrases that we use in day to day conversations just need to change. And you need to have those talks with your friends, because if they're truly your friends, they're going to understand. Everyone has been asking, I think, a vast majority of black people this past two weeks, what can I do? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help? Yes. Barton, I love you. What can I do? And believe you me, I really appreciate every single text, single phone call, word of like love shared to me. Like that matters a lot. One of my, um, my old roommate, messaged me yesterday and she was just, we thought when I lived with, you know, my old roommate, me and her, we had a lot of conversations about race, you know, about this and the other. I mean, and she's biracial, um, but she looks 1 billion percent white. And my other Mm -hmm. 
her husband is mixed, but he looks one billion percent white too. And so that's just some things that they never had to to worry about. But I didn't know how affected I really was until she texted me and it hit me crazy harder than I thought it was because I was just being the strong man and not like really getting upset about it or letting it affect me or let tears fall down my face. But and it's difficult out here for every single person, but Mm -hmm. we need you all to have the conversations with your friends and your families, not with your black friends, because every day is a pandemic prior to COVID walking out the house is a pandemic. It's a racial pandemic. Like I shouldn't have to think about the things that I think about when I'm a, when I'm preparing to go outside, when I need to overcompensate on what I'm wearing, when I need to go to specific places. Like I shouldn't have to be like, well, maybe I shouldn't wear this or let me get my expensive sunglasses and put on just so when they see me, they're like, oh, well, he can't be anything bad because of how he's dressed. I shouldn't have to worry about that. If I want to put a hoodie on and some J's and go ride my bike or walk down the street in any neighborhood, I should be able to do that. Absolutely. It's crazy. And uh, one other thing that I was kind of like listening to and I wanted to share. There has never been a period in our history where the law and order branch of the state has not operated against the freedoms, the liberties, the options, the choices that have been available for the black community. To ignore that racial heritage, to ignore the historical context, you can't have an informed debate about the current state of black and police relationships today because this didn't just appear out of thin air. This is the product of centuries-long historical process, and to not recognize that is to shut out solutions. Again, how can you help? Go and educate yourself. There are things out there everyone wants to stream on Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Mm -hmm. Prime. There are documentaries. All you got to do is really just put, like, black or slavery or whatever in the search bar and things will pop up. These things stem from 400 plus years ago. These things didn't just show up. The reason why we're having conversations like this more than we ever have before is because things are getting filmed. Everything that we're seeing on film, more are happening that just aren't getting filmed. George Floyd was murdered on camera and what I think made it so serious to everyone to where it woke so many people up. It was because you actually saw him dying, not getting killed, not getting shot. You saw for nine to 10 minutes, life being sucked out of his body. You saw a grown man whose mother is dead called out for his mom. I'm sure he saw his mother and I'm going to compare him not in the two people, but in their last moments on this earth. Jesus was on the cross and called out for his father and said, why why hast thou forsaken me? George Floyd called out for his mother in his last moments on this earth. 
and was asking, why is this happening to me? And people's like, well, we just need more love out there. People hated Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's how he died. He was killed. People hated George Floyd. People hated Martin Luther King. These things will not stop or come to an end unless we all see bad things happen and stop it right then. Every one of us have friends and family members who we've heard say some ignorant or terrible things about another race and turned our ears or was like, well, that was just stupid of them to say that. They should have never said that. Well, did you say anything to them to stop them from saying that? Mm -hmm. And I learned a long time ago, my grandmother, that's another thing. My grandmother died on Wednesday last week. I haven't even had the opportunity to mourn my own grandmother. I probably can't even go to her funeral because COVID is still here. Mm -hmm. This is wild. We haven't even gotten through one pandemic and we got something else equally, if not greater, of an atrocity going on right now. I can't even, my mother can't even go to her mom's funeral because my mother is 73 years old and she can't put her life in danger of going to the airport to bury her mother. And then now she can't really do anything because there are curfews and everything else getting put in place because of all these things. There's just a lot going on. People are going through COVID. And somebody said, well, COVID-19 is still going on. I was like, COVID-19 is still going on, but guess what else is going on with me? And guess what else is going on with me? And I'm not trying to put everything on black and brown people because I got some dope people sitting to my left right now that I was hanging out with yesterday. And we had some of the best conversations. Would mm-hmm. you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just quite a bit of a lot of stuff going on and not trying to make this all about Barton's voice on this show. But when we we're going to get into this little protesting and looting Thing here in a little bit too. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know which way I want to look at it right now. Um, me and Robin and some other friends got, we stumbled upon the protest last night. We yes. really didn't know that they were going on. <laughs> and so we kind of stumbled upon that. We're going to chat about it. But when people always say, well, they, first of all, take they out of your vocab, they shouldn't be looting. They shouldn't be protesting. But when Colin Kaepernick knelt. He shouldn't have been doing that. When LeBron James wore that I Can't Breathe shirt during shoot-arounds and for practice, he shouldn't have been doing that. Peaceful protests, you can't do that. You shouldn't block freeways or whatever. Everything peaceful that was done, that's not the right way to do it. And then when protesting and looting starts, well, they shouldn't be doing that either. Well, you know what else shouldn't be done? The looting of black lives. Because that's exactly what it is. Our lives are getting looted every single day. And it's being normalized to see another black person getting shot or killed on social media. It takes about however many seconds to see it. And then you click and then it's gone. You post in your story for 24 hours and then it's gone, but it's not ever gone. Not at all. Not at all. 
So yesterday yes. we were at the we were at some friends at some friends' house who actually lives like really really close to the Seventh Street Bridge. Yeah, and um, well, we were just on the rooftop and where we heard or we, we saw heard yeah, and okay. then saw people walking on the top of the bridge, right? And we kind of all just sat there and discussed, you know. We were curious about what was going on, mm-hmm. if it was going to be peaceful or not, because for the past two days, things had been very peaceful. And right. a lot of articles had come out, you know, praising Fort Worth for having two peaceful days of protesting. Right. So we all made the decision that we should go. Right. Because mm-hmm. obviously we want to show support for all of our friends and people of color. Mm-hmm. And also. And it's we, history, too. It, it's history. Is yeah. we. We walked up and we're standing on the sidewalk and we literally all looked at each other and we're like, this is a part of history. Like we're standing here. This is history. I think that whenever we arrived, we did notice a lot of the cops had on their riot gear and gas masks and had batons and their typical, it's their typical gear for their safety as well. A little bit of time passed and they did begin to remove some of the gear. Right. Um, nothing we saw at the time when we were there was violent. Everything no, we were was, there for what, an yeah, hour or so. We were there almost yeah, two, two hours. hours. Yeah. People were passing out water. We ended up running into many of our friends actually ended up coming. We did talk to some of the cops and we asked them. They were very nice. The only thing that they did say is you were not allowed to step foot in the street. The reason that they did barricade the street, according to the ones we talked to, the officers we just talked to, was that the second that they blocked a road, it became an unlawful and illegal protest. protest. Right. And so that is why the police presence was heavier. Many people did move to the sidewalks, but there was still a large majority of people in the middle of the road. Numerous cops did take a knee at various points. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw those photos. People were chanting numerous things. Silence equals violence was one that kind of stuck with me. And that's why I've really tried to start speaking out about things more. I guess really, I mean, we did have Leon was there. He started. And he started playing. Um, We just, and we tried to get a megaphone through some of our fellow police officers, but they didn't have one available that we could use. Um, just because we did want everything to remain peaceful and we know that music does bring people together. Yeah. We left probably about nine 30, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we left about nine 30. There was still a large presence, but everything remained very peaceful. We got back to our friends and we're on the rooftop and about 10 15. That's when that- I got a text message Yeah, from <laughs> a friend who is Fort Worth PD and it said, you need to leave. Yeah. And about three minutes later, we heard the first flashbang. Right. A lot of people have been messaging me this because we're following us on social media. What I was told from Fort Worth PD and from people who were actually there at the protest protesting is that the cops had asked people to start leaving because they had been on the bridge for over two hours. And obviously that's impending on traffic flow, emergency situations, et cetera. The majority of the protesters did leave. However, a group of people stuck around and began throwing apparently frozen water bottles. And they also had fireworks and were shooting them at the officers. And that is when the flashbangs and tear gas was deployed. 
That is what I was told, basically. And then also, if you follow Fort Worth PD online, that is the statement, basically, that they put out. I will say that we were on the rooftop still, and I've never experienced tear gas in my life, and I never want to again. Yeah. We were probably two to three blocks away, and it carried that far that we all had to go inside because our eyes were burning. Yeah. And, like, we had two sets of Mm -hmm. friends that were still on the bridge. Yes when that happened and two were guys, two were girls. And then as soon as we heard that first flashbang, um, myself and Cole, we, it was crazy. I didn't even think it was like, we need to go and get the girls and get them back. Mm-hmm. And which was probably the, one of the scariest things for me. I served in the United States air force. I've been in Saudi Arabia. I've been in Kuwait. I've been on planes when missiles were shot and showing, not shot. And, Cause that's not a real word were um, shot at us or launched. And I didn't feel as scared then as I did last night. Cause sitting there waiting, seeing them, first of all, state troopers, Fort Worth PD, and just hearing bangs going off like we were in the war zone and waiting on two girls, two women to link up with us so we can get them back home safely. It was wild. And luckily, we're on these little bikes that got some get up in them because as we had them on our back seats moving, there were 50 bike cops behind us. Mm-hmm. And, and you soon, saw those photos we posted yeah, as well. As soon as... We got into the house. They turned. That's when that tear gas was just heavily, heavily in the air. And they said, get in the house now. I don't know. This is, this is a time that is scary, but I never thought I would be going through something that my parents went through in the civil rights movement. And, and I don't know if you want to, if you think about it like this, but I do. This is a civil rights movement. Absolutely. This is exactly marching, protesting. Rioting isn't good because there's destruction of property and things that are happening to innocent people's buildings and businesses and lives. But when you have tried to do something for so long peacefully. And no one's listening. And no one's listening. Or making a change. What do you do next? continue to like die in the streets like a dog and if that was a dog that that police had his knee on mm-hmm. the world would be going wild it, like they would have been arrested and jailed from day one and that's how we see it like if we know that a, that lady that called the cops on that man in central park for him telling her to put her dog on the leash they immediately came and took that dog from that woman's possession immediately that dog got more justice than greg floyd did for a week almost again not telling anybody to protest and riot but when you have nothing else to do and no one's listening to you and you don't know if you're gonna die when you walk outside this is crazy and real quick i'll tell one story about the worst encounter i've been I've had my multiple encounters with Abilene PD, West Texas, Fort Worth PD. But one day I was leaving my ex-girlfriend's house over off of Western Center, driving down the street, saw that my hood was ajar, pulled up in front of the leasing office of her apartment complex. 
went down to unlatch my hood. And as I was coming up to stand up to get out of my car, I see a Fort Worth PD SUV rushing towards me. I don't know what he's doing because literally it's 9 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, all right, I don't know what this guy doing. So I like look back down into the car, look up, and then he has his door ajar parked in front of me and a shotgun is pointed at myself. So I'm looking around like what's going on and he's telling me to get out the car. All right. So I stand up seconds later, not two, three, four, but six cop cars are all facing me right now. Everyone has their guns drawn and it was crazy. They tell me to turn around, walk backwards to them, do that, get down to my knees, lay on my stomach and put my hands behind my back. And I do that. They put me into the car. They didn't handcuff me. So at this point, I still have my cell phone and I'm texting every Fort Worth PD officer I know, just letting some, I don't know what's going on. This is where I'm at. I don't know if you need to call somebody, text your boys or whatever. I'm surrounded. There are cops everywhere. There are guns everywhere. I'm in the back of this cop car. But all of a sudden, I hear on the radio, a bank was just robbed across the street from where I was. And they're looking for the suspect. And at this time, they're asking me, who is, who's in the car with you? Where are you coming from? This and the other. And I'm like, I just left my girlfriend's house. I'm headed home. I got to go to work. It was like, okay. So they go and search my car. Guess who they're looking for? A white male. The dispatch is, we're looking for a white male, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And I'm like, wait. I'm like, if y'all are listening, uh, looking for a white male, why am I in this car? At nine o'clock in the morning with seven guns drawn on me. And I'm in a Nordstrom jacket, a baseball cap, nice jeans. And brown shoes, like work shoes. Don't understand. I tell that story to say you have more friends that have gone through some of the worst things in their life. They never talk about it because this thing happens every single day to them. Every single day. I can't even start telling you half the stuff that I've gone through just because the color of my skin. But I'm going to let Robin talk for a second so I can figure out my thoughts. I have so much anger over those situations and I've really struggled, I think, because obviously I will never know what that is like. But then on another side, I also have so many friends that are cops Mm -hmm. that would never do anything like that. And it makes me question if you have that in your heart, what are you doing? And I know it's because some people get a thrill out of having power, but it is an absolute abuse of power for someone to do something like that. And for you to even, here's the thing. We're going to go through some questions that we actually got to ask Fort Worth PD because every Fort Worth PD officer that I've spoken with, at least has said, this is not what Fort Worth is like. And we're all livid about the George Floyd situation. But at the same time, we also just had this happen last year. Yeah. And so I'm going to read a couple things. I am very thankful for our listeners and our friends and everything. Everyone has been very supportive and sending us things in, asking how to help, sharing stories, etc. But there's a couple things that I would like to share. Also, 
you'll all hear this tomorrow, so you probably already know, but right before we sat down, a curfew was imposed for Monday for, for tonight, yeah, today, yeah. Monday. Um, also something else I was told earlier from a friend and I saw articles about is that protests are planned every day this week, starting at 6 PM. So if you need to make any type of changes to your work schedule, whether you want to join or you want to make sure you're home for your own safety, you should be aware of those things. Okay. So This is what I'm going to read. Let's talk about some perspective. When the former officer in Fort Worth who killed Atiana Jefferson got booked into Tarrant County Jail, he was in and out in less than three hours. The entire process, he was booked in at 622 and out at 915. A community organizer who was arrested for standing in solidarity with protesters at the George Floyd rally last night about 10 p.m., He was given a bond amount this morning at 8.30 a.m., and it was paid immediately. It will then take another four hours before he's booked out. Someone who committed a murder and had a much higher bond got out in less time than it took for someone with a misdemeanor charge to process out immediately after being paid. And that is where we do need to have the conversation about privilege. And that's what it says. It says this kind of special privilege for a cop and a white cop at that just shows how unfair the criminal justice system is and why people of color do not trust it. Yeah, they're right. <clears throat> Again, and we that, have some good friends. Yeah. I have good, good friends that are police officers that I trust that I will call any time day or night and they reach out to me. We go have lunch together. Mm-hmm. Another good friend of ours just graduated from the police academy and Louisville, correct? And Irving. Irving, okay. Um, and she's an amazing woman, uh, an amazing woman yeah. of color. And she's... And she's pissed. Yeah, she's pissed. And it's challenging for her, mm-hmm. you know, because... And she's a female, too. Yeah. And the fact that her entire family, like, she came from a family of cops. A police officers, yeah. Who would never do any of these things. She worked for CPS. Like, she's been trying to make changes. We People are trying to do the right thing, but the thing is... Other changes need to be made to make sure that it's people that want good and want to do the right thing in these roles of authority and not the others. It has to start at the top with laws and Mm -hmm. our elected officials. That's why voting is so very important. Again, not making this a political show or talk today, but in order for those changes to happen, everyone needs to get out and exercise their right to vote to put people in office who can listen first of all, and then help make these changes, but finish up. I think the biggest key is that everyone needs to really educate themselves. And I think that especially when it comes to voting and doing things like that, you need to start at home, right? Start with your city. Who is your, you know, mayor, who is your police chief? Who are these people? City council, like take charge because those are the people that are making the rules and you, People can get mad all day, but unless you're trying to be a part of the change, what are you doing? Right. Like, you can't sit there and just be like, oh, I'm mad about it, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Yeah, and quit posting about the rioters and the protesters about what they're doing to buildings if you're not going to post about what people are doing to other people's lives. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I've already unfriended 
a bunch of people Same. and unfollowed. If I'm seeing you talking trash about the riders and the looting and I go to your page and you haven't said not one thing about the injustices and the deaths that are happening, you can miss me with all that because you're done. Yep. So there's a couple things, obviously, that we got in. There's a couple things also I just saved from scrolling through the Internet. I talked to Barton very openly about things and just try and educate myself more on my own. But then also I love hearing his perspective on things because we have come from such different backgrounds. So like, for example, Netflix came out and said to be silent is to be complicit. Black Lives Matter. We have a platform and we have a duty for our black members, employees, creators and talent to speak up. So something else I saw, though, that interested me, I'd like to get your opinion on, is that a friend on Facebook said, I'm silent because I'm listening. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, how old is this person? I'd say probably like 30. How long do you have to listen? Like, like how long, like you're in your 30s, 30 or whatever, 25 or whatever, 21 or whatever. That's the problem. Everyone is listening and not saying anything. This is the time to speak up and speak out. Mm -hmm. Listening. If you listen to your teacher in school, but if you don't take action, you fail. Mm -hmm. You fail the test. Oh, I'm just listening. Well, I asked you a question. I asked you to speak out about what was just said. No, no, I'm just listening. I'm silent because I'm listening. Your silence is killing people. Your silence is why people can say what they want to say and get away with it. Mm -hmm. The silence from those other three officers is why George Floyd is dead today. That is very fucking true. So this is something else that I saw, and I actually shared this one because I do agree. And I've always tried to be pretty, like, moderate and down the middle and PC, and I'm fucking over it because I might as well make a stand. And this says, for all the influencers, public figures, fitness and fashion personalities that have kept silent because they want to keep their social media pages positive, there's nothing else you can do right now more positive than use your voice, platform, and God-given gifts to stand up for injustice. Right. I think that is a very good point that people need to hear because, like Barton said, you sitting in silence is just doing nothing for the, like, the issue at hand. Obviously, Fort Worth is a, a majority white city. I mean, trust me, I see it every place I go because I'm normally the only chocolate person in the room, which is not a bad thing. You know, Fort Worth is a vastly majority white city, but I don't ever, and this is a what I love about Fort Worth, feel uncomfortable when I walk into places. Mm-hmm. I don't initially see that I'm the only black person really until somebody else says something to me like, oh. I'm like, well, I don't even pay no, any attention to that. I see it, but I don't feel uncomfortable walking into places. I don't even feel uncomfortable 95% of the time going into the stockyards. Yeah. Shoot, I go out there and, like, we go to hooky. And yeah. I was at PRs back in the day all the time and had the best time mm-hmm. of my life. Fort Worth is doing its strides. I know the the leadership, as much as some people don't like them, are doing their best. Yeah to make Fort Worth a great city. And I know myself and Robin and all of our friends are doing our best to make Fort Worth a better city. I absolutely agree. I think we do have the questions that we asked Fort Worth PD, which I would like to go through. Mm -hmm. 
Some of it is very, there's articles that we can share on our social media platform. So that way we can let you all read them for yourself and educate yourself more. But I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of them. The first one that we asked is, do Fort Worth police officers wear body cams? And the answer is yes, we do. All Fort Worth PD are required to wear body cams. Second question was, are body cams required to be on at all times? Because that's something else that has come up in numerous things Mm -hmm. like the situation in Dallas. The answer to that is yes. Anytime we are in contact with the public, our cameras are to be on unless we have to act so fast we don't have time to activate it. For example, if someone walks up on me and starts shooting, it's reasonable for me to act without activating it. I can understand that. There's that. Next question. Do Fort Worth police officers go through de-escalation training? Yes, we do. Here's an article about it. So I have that article. It actually came out in, I believe it was 2017. And yeah, it came out June 29th, 2017. And it says Fort Worth police mandate de-escalation training for every officer. And so it says the main goal is to provide officers with a different approach in high stress situations. There's obviously a lot of information in this article, but we will share that with you so you can read it more. The next question was, is there special training for racial encounters, people with possible autism, etc.? So any type of situation that could be seen as a potential hazard. We're one of the pilot cities for national initiatives, implicit bias training. And so I have the list for that. Fort Worth is on that list. Next question. If someone was to witness police brutality, what is a civilian's best course of action to help? Should a civilian ever intervene? Is there anything a civilian can say to trigger a response from an officer? This is a hard one because we believe that we're going to see people intervening now when it's a use of force period. This is a hard one for me to answer because I would not, and I believe most Fort Worth police officers would ever allow something like this to happen. Every officer in Fort Worth is SO trained. I don't know what that means. SO trained in first aid, recognition of a medical emergency and how to help. They get 16 hours of medical training, which exceeds the state standard by four times. Dang. So that's very impressive. So the other for people Fort only Worth. get four hours worth. Yeah. So that's very impressive that Fort Worth does that much. Okay. Next. What do you think officers need to prevent situations like these? Better training, better background checks, mental health screenings, etc. I think Fort Worth officers have the training they need, and I don't know how to prevent this 100%. I can tell you that if there were any way to weed out police officers that abuse privilege of serving our community... We would be all for it. We are all absolutely heartbroken over what happened in Minneapolis. Is Fort Worth doing enough to protect our citizens and officers? We do more than what is required both state and nationally to ensure that our officers are trained, both to use minimum force and to recognize medical emergencies and respond accordingly. And then last question is, I just said, is there anything you would like to share with the community from your perspective? As a whole, the officers are disgusted with any abuse of force, especially that results in the loss of life. I've seen more officers publicly condemn this heinous act more than anything else in my career, and rightfully so. It is true that no one hates a bad cop more than a good cop. We are here, and all I can promise is that would never happen on a call that I was on. So, 
that was from a local officer. Right. I'm not saying who. Right. We're not going to do that to anyone. Anyone that does share anything with us, we are keeping completely anonymous and confidential because there's no reason not to. And I don't want any type of backlash for anyone with them being honest with us. If anyone has any questions like that, that they would like to ask a Fort Worth PD and they don't have maybe a channel to do that, please let us know because we'll make sure that it happens. One of the questions, and this is one of the ones I'm stuck on, like if I was to see someone getting brutalized by the cops, that's super challenging because number one, you, I don't even know. Like, first of all, let one person film. We don't need 37 people with their cameras out. One person film for me, somebody do something. I'm not telling you to go and do anything to cause harm with a cop at all, but figure something out that can distract or cause them to look away or something, you know, because for 10 minutes there were people pleading, but George Floyd, Floyd just died for 10 minutes. There's tons of people around. Throw a sandwich at them or Chick-fil-A or something like this dude. And this is not to be joking, but do something to stop that. Okay. So we did have people write in and we asked you to send us your thoughts, comments, questions, things that you would like discussed. So I'm just going to start reading them. A lot of you did end up asking the same question. So here's the first one. As a person of color who's experienced racial aggression, I'm tired. I'm done speaking. Am I wrong? No. No. I mean, I think, I mean, I think both of us can say that as no, you're not wrong. Like I'd be fucking sick and tired of it too. Literally, I'm sure I've been stressing Barton the fuck out because I can't stop talking about it because (laughs) I just, my soul hurts. (laughs) Right. That's probably one of the best ways to explain. It just makes your soul hurt. Like my heart is heavy. The fact that there's not like a cut and clear answer of what to do pisses me off. Like I just want there to be a change. A lot of us in our friend group are like caretakers and fixers and helpers. And the fact that there's not a just like this is how it's solved. Yeah. I think stresses us out and makes us frustrated and leaves us just empty in a sense. But I don't think anyone is wrong for being pissed about this by any means. Right. This is, we kind of touched on this earlier and this is something I think needs people need to educate themselves on, but also ask your friends what's offensive, but it's appropriate verses and inappropriate phrases. What are the like terms? Like you were saying, it's like, don't always be, you know, stereotyping your friends to an extent. Yeah. With that kind of like what you said, we touched on earlier about saying that, oh, you're the whitest black person. Don't call someone an Oreo or coconut because that's, that's ignorant and offensive. This happens to me a lot. And somebody will see me and will greet everybody else normal. And then it's like, what's up, brother? Like, what? Like, yeah. And I understand that is not a crazy, serious deal, but it kind of goes back to when you're like, oh, shoot. What, what sport did you play in high school? Yeah. Oh, I can, I've just been in uh, academics. Like, you don't yeah. go up to just the assumptions. The need assumption. To stop. Yeah. Just 
all that stuff just needs to go away. That's the start of it all. You know what? That's the start. But But I think that's a good thing is you do need to talk to your friends about. I think that you should do that, too, though, is be like, hey, maybe don't say that next time. Because that's something that a lot of people are not educated on. And at this point, I think everyone should speak up and educate your friends on those things. Um, It might be uncomfortable for five minutes, but it'll be fine afterwards. Um, Something else we got was any recommended books that I don't know off the top of my head. Do you have any? That's just something I would say to Google. Um, yeah. I know I'm more of an audio books type of person because I like to read or listen to yeah. books when I'm working out or writing or any of those things. But 12 Years of Slave, just go and start watching things. There's, that, tons, um, of there's documentaries. tons of documentaries out there. And that will actually um, help you a lot more because the books are are cool. Like you get one perspective from that book with documentaries in order to do those they had to source a lot of people and a lot of times with documentaries they um have a lot of those sources on there speaking about those things so 13th amendment that's the first one i would say just go and watch after you're done with this and you're let's say if there's a curfew tomorrow or whatever go watch 13th amendment on netflix and then another one that's on amazon prime is i am not your negro I watched that one. I watched 13th Amendment yesterday, finished it, watched 13th Amendment this morning before me and Robin got here because I wanted to be able to speak with some more facts. And I watched I Am Not Your Negro again last night. As a black man, I watch a lot of these things as well as everything else that's out there. But I want to be reminded of what I need to do daily as I go out into this world. Okay. Okay. Another one we got in is who to follow and ways to get more educated as a Caucasian. Oh, Sean King. First and foremost. I love Sean King. Sean King. S-H-A-U-N-K-I-N-G. Sean King. Follow him. Just follow him. And through him, he posts from other people. Lee Merritt, the lawyer, Ben Crump. There's a bunch of people that you can follow. Black media. I know about things as soon as it happens, just from those sites. And there are not white or um, anti-white sites. Yeah. That's that's not what they are. These are sites because if there's something that happens to anyone, Sean King posts about Mm -hmm. it. Just unfortunately, the things he posts about are just things that happen to black people because it's happening every single day. I have some stuff that I would like to share um, that is about white privilege. I personally was very unaware of the exact meaning of white privilege and was using it wrong for a long time. And I will admit that about myself. I have now saved some things that if anyone would like those resources, I will share them with you so you can learn more about that because it's not what the media typically is telling you. Just throwing that out there as well, if you would like a safe place to talk about that. Another thing we got in is how do we keep our brothers and sisters safe? Just with conversations like this, um, just about listening to your your black and brown friends. Um, we had a, a chat with this dope dude, Robert, met him for the first time yes. yesterday. And he was like, when we're around our white friends, people always say to us, why didn't you tell me about this? Why didn't you tell me about this? Why didn't you tell me that this happened to you? Because if we told you what happened to us, 
we be telling you about this stuff every single day. Every time that you're around yeah. us, we'll just be talking about something negative and it will come off as if we're complaining or just being negative or always talking about bad stuff. But we just want to be around our friends all the time and just have great conversations and enjoy each other. If you all want us to start telling you about all of the things that happened to us, okay, you asked for it. Now, that'll be a daily thing. Like, this happened today and this happened today. Just like the news. You don't want to watch the news daily because it's negative and it'll just bring your soul down. It does, but I also do feel like with your true friends, you should be sharing those things. What? And like, this is me to you right. is like, mm-hmm. if something happens to you, I want you to be able to like, talk to me about it and vent about it and get it off your chest. Right. Cause as your friend, I'm going to be here for you regardless of anything. I, I and also, get that. you know, yeah. I will fuck someone up. So <laughs> yes, you would <laughs> anyways. Okay. Okay. I think that's the thing though. Is one of the biggest things is this goes through everything we've ever talked about before is communicating, right? Communicate with your friends, be open and honest, be vulnerable. It's hard and it sucks sometimes, but like, this is the shit that we've got to start doing. Yeah. And y'all communicate with your friends and us too. Like yeah. if there is something that happened, if y'all heard something, let's say you heard somebody say something racist and you handled it or you didn't know what to say, come to us and ask us like, Hey, yeah. I heard this today. I didn't know how to go about it. What do you think? And then we might be able to explain or put it in the perspective of how you can say or deal with it the next time to where you mm-hmm. don't feel so like aggressive going yeah. at them. But the communication still needs to happen. Yeah. Too. Communication's got to be happening. Um, And then this is something basically same thing as education on better communication by white people. Right. And that's once again, is just, We've got to start being more cautious of the things that we're saying using proper terms and phrases. Get educated about not your culture. Right. Travel. Yeah. Travel. Like, same thing is like, we need to all realize that white privilege is a thing. And like I said, if you would like any of those resources, come to me. I got you. Safe places to learn privately. Safe places to learn privately. I think that just talking about learning more about everything, which I would say, honestly, the Internet. Yeah. I think the Internet is an amazing tool. Yes, there are a lot of facts that are wrong. Yeah, and that's when you research well, and, and those source, are facts. Yeah. And you also do have to be very careful because something that we try and do is the media is very biased. I don't care who you are, what you think. Media is very biased. Right. And it's very hard to find unbiased sites, but it is possible and if you do enough of your research, something that I personally was taught in school, and this sounds silly, but if you can find the same facts between three to five different sites, chances are it's probably true. Yeah. And on Facebook, like that's probably Facebook one of is not is, a news source. Yeah. And if you Let's see be clear about that, an article or somebody else share something, read that article, first of all. And if the website just seems stupid, don't be sharing this stuff. Like, that makes no sense. Something else to really keep in mind about this is check the date of the article. Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. Some of y'all are reposting shit from 10 years ago that is completely wrong, thinking it happened last night. Just throwing that out there. And another thing where Robin was talking about the media, someone's telling those reporters what to say. Yes. And also there are a lot of reporters and there was even one in Fort Worth that I'm not happy with right now 
that was putting out false information that was there last night, standing almost right where we were, putting out false information. You cannot trust everything you read. You cannot. And this is why it is important to educate yourself, talk to your friends, research. It infuriates me. Right. Not going to go off on a tangent. We've got too much to discuss. (laughs) How to get active in Fort Worth with the cause. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, how to get active in Fort Worth with the cause. Just again, it all comes back to like talking to your friends mm-hmm. of color because they might know something or, or what's going on um, that you don't know. I mean, yeah, you can go out and protest, but if you do that, just make sure it stays peaceful. If there's someone that's in the midst of that crowd yeah. that you hear are starting to get riled up and get violent, you know, like say, hey, you know what? Well, I'm here with you. I'm here together. Let's just keep this peaceful because no one needs to be hurt. And our voices can be heard a lot louder when there's not violence happening yeah. at the same time. Also, I understand why people are willing to make those sacrifices and do things. But I don't think no one's hearing your voice from inside of a jail cell. Right. And I think you would do a lot better on this side of things. And also, if you ever have a point you would like to get across, once again, come talk to us. We're very open to talking to anyone and discussing all types of matters. How can whites get more involved with the cause? Same thing. Um, This is something that I think, once again, talking to your friends. I know that, Barton, you also told me there were a couple of websites that a lot of people have been asking, well, how can I help like monetarily? Like a lot of people may feel like if they can donate financially to a cause that that's their way of helping. I know that there's a couple websites where people are helping with people's legal Legal. defenses Mm -hmm. and things. So if that's something, I'm sure you can find plenty of GoFundMes and whatnot. Also, there's plenty of websites where you can purchase clothing that makes a stand and goes back to helping others. If you want to make a stand, if somebody was taken to jail for protesting or an unjust anything, go put some money on their books or bail them out. Like that's a great way to help them out. Yeah. So here's a good one is it says, where are all the good cops? And I will say, I at least believe that there are a lot of good cops in Fort Worth, Texas. I cannot speak to other places. I feel like Fort Worth is starting to speak out more. And I think that, Last night showed that many people did, for the most part, want peace and stood with the protesters. I mean, we saw probably at least 20 take a knee. Yeah. And I know that is a very small gesture, but it is what they can do while they're on the job to be there with you. I don't know. What would you suggest? Like, what is there something that you would like to see from our officers? Like, would it be easier for them to speak out or make those types of gestures or what would be? Well, I know that a lot of times Fort Worth PD have representation to speak to media and to speak yeah. out. They can't. It's against the rules for mm-hmm. them just to be yeah. speaking online about specific things that aren't facts or stuff that hadn't already happened. Um, just like people always say, well, all cops aren't bad. Well, all black people aren't criminals and all Hispanic people aren't Mm -hmm. illegal, you know, and it's just challenging because as people are talking about 
the looting and the rioters, that's a small percentage of the people that Mm -hmm. are out there protesting. So if you're going to talk about all of that, talk about the bad ones on the other side, too, because Mm -hmm. the looting didn't just start because they just saw a target open. It was like, oh, the looting started because nothing happened to those four cops. I honestly and truly believe if they would just, just like they do with any other persons mm-hmm. on the planet, they'll arrest you first, you can bond out, and then we'll figure out yeah. what the deal is. You're innocent to proven guilty. But when you don't arrest someone for doing something, you arrested one of the four people, people are going to revolt. Yeah. It's just going to happen because when we do peaceful things, you don't listen. And then the Target CEO said, hey, I can build another Target. Mm-hmm. He was like, let burn it down. This is the yeah. Target CEO's like, burn burn down the store. He's like, I can build another store. I can't bring back another life. And numerous people have said that. Like numerous businesses have been like, it's fine. He's like, I got insurance, yeah. but we can't bring George Floyd back. And that's the thing is that obviously, yes, you would like to keep things on a peaceful level. Correct. But... At the same time, if change isn't being made, then what's the next thing to do? Right. Why are white people so resistant to admit that racism is alive and well? And that is something that I can't personally speak on. I will say, obviously, I discussed earlier is I grew up in a home, not my extended family, but just my father, who I literally just don't know what other word to call him besides he's an absolute piece of human garbage, like absolute worthless piece of shit, racist, one of the worst people that there's a reason that he's not in my life. I would like to think that he came, he was a production of, you know, his family and things like that, but he wasn't. He was from Jasper, Texas. Mm, I wouldn't know about Jasper. Yeah. And everyone knows about Jasper, but I will say this is that whenever I went to go see my family there, the whole probably two times, that's not what it was. It truly came from just him coming from a hateful place and having hate in his heart for literally no reason. And I wish that I could explain that or have an answer for that, honestly. But I think that a lot of people are scared to admit things because then they have to face them. Right. Like and most things in life is like, if I say that there's a problem, then I have to actually address it and do something about it. But this is the thing is, We've all sat back for so long and been silent about things and seen it. And now people are finally starting to speak out. And I think, too, like, obviously, I'm not white, but I think with anything, you don't want to talk about something that's going to bring something negative that is about your race. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of people listening, a lot of white people listening, um, you'll be talking about your grandparents. Yeah. You'll be talking about your parents because... Mm -hmm. My grandmother was 98 years old. She was born in 1921. Yep. You know, so that just means you're going to be talking about your family. A lot of you out there this weekend, this past weekend, were talking about this with your family and friends and heard your family and friends say something that you did not correct or say yep. anything. You were probably in my DMs or saying or posting on your story. Oh, an injustice to blah, 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 blah. But yet you still didn't say anything to your grandfather or your grandmother or your dad or your cousins or whomever. That's where it starts. So don't message your black friends or don't. You know what? I'll even say this. And this is a little harsh. Don't talk to me in public 
ever again if you can't get my back when I'm not around. Absolutely. Do not even come up to me. Don't listen to me. Unfollow me. Do whatever you want to. Because for every person who's going to unfollow me for saying what I need to say to call you out, there's 10 more that's going to hop on this bandwagon and help change the world. Yep. I was like, I lost a lot of followers over the past couple of days. And you know what? Bye. Another friend of mine, she just Careless. told me yesterday, she lost over 200 followers mm-hmm. just from yep. her video oh, that she put yep. out. That's true. Okay. Why do white people love black culture and not black people? And <laughs> I, I get that because <laughs> I've seen it. I'm not laughing, but I'm like. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. Yeah. Like, it's sadly so true. Like you love rap music, but, and you want to like say the, all the lyrics that you should not be saying, but my gosh, if someone was to come around you, you're going to act a different way. Right. Once again, I don't have an answer. Like I don't have an answer. I wish I did. I don't understand why people are pieces of shit. Uh, And to go back on what Robin was talking about phrases and things that you shouldn't say, if you listen to Cole Wetzel, Mm-hmm. or Cody Johnson, yes. and you listen to Drake or Beyonce, that's completely fine, correct? Yeah. So if I'm listening to 50 Cent or another rapper, but I also have Aaron Watson on or Kevin Fowler or Jason Bolin, don't come up to me asking me, oh, you like that? Why in the world wouldn't I be able to like yeah, that? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like you, I don't come up to you when you're singing Beyonce or Rihanna or whomever else, or you're singing a Drake lyric. I never even thought about that, but that's yeah, I, that's like, so stupid. Yeah, and like, oh, you know how to half step, you know how to two step, you know how to waltz. You can twerk on TikTok. You can do the savage dance. You can do all this, but if I'm out there and I can waltz and half step. And be better than another mm-hmm. your my cowboy counterpart. Don't come up to me and was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you know how to dance like this." That Jesus. right there is the issue. That is the issue. That's yeah. the issue, and it doesn't seem like that's that bad. But think about when I hear this. What's well, all those little <laughs> things exactly. built up? Like right. so many tiny little things eventually build up over a period of time, and it's like, what did you expect? Yep. I oh, I'm getting angry again. <laughs> Don't just keep going. Keep <laughs> okay. keep it moving. This is our last question or comment or question, and we've got a couple other things we want to read, and we're going to try and wrap this up. But it's: Do people think there's a cure for the disease of racism? I think kind of like your your family, like yeah. your dad had you at a later age. Mm-hmm. Um, and same way with my father, he had well. Yeah, my mom had me, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but my grandfather, this should tell you how close we are to how, how slavery ended not too long ago. My grandfather, my dad's father was born in the 1800s. Yep. And I'm young, gorgeous looking black dude, young, 24, 25 years old. Um, <laughs> but my grandfather was born in the 1800s. So that means he was either a sharecropper or coming out of slavery. But I'm pretty sure his parents was a slave. So if my great-grandfather on my father's side was a slave, this is very recent. Mm-hmm. Have we come a ways? Yes, in certain aspects. We've come a long way. But we are still stuck in some terrible times because these conversations are still happening. Yep. I pray 
that this ends in my lifetime, because I'm going to tell you right now, it's very challenging for me to even think about having children in this world. And one other thing, I was talking to a good friend of mine, and I'm not bringing race into this real quick, but we had a conversation and he said to me, I'm actively talking to a white female. He was like, but I don't know if I can continue on with all of this because I don't want to have to explain to her every single time that this is happening, what's going on. And that's not to say we're not going to be equal opportunity daters. You know what I mean? Like that is not to say that at all. But when he said that to me, I can't say that that hadn't already been in my mind one billion times. Do I need to date? And this is not talking about interracial dating is bad because it's not. It's just these are things that are starting to pop in our heads. Like, what are we going to do? And yeah. this is just where communication can, needs to continue to happen. Absolutely agree. So, I think it needs to happen in your relationships, right. your friendships. I think everybody needs to date yeah. everybody yeah. just so you can learn. Just so you can learn. I think everybody needs to like have waited tables at least mm-hmm. for a month or a year just My so you God, can know how to seriously. treat people. That so much so. Right. So we obviously have had a lot of friends reach out sharing their stories. And there's one that I would like to share. Basically, this is a father who has a daughter who is biracial. Mm-hmm. And his daughter is a redhead. And is very, looks very white. Right. He was sharing stories of little kids while she was a child calling her the the N-word. Right. And then whenever it was brought up to a authority figure at the school, they sided with the other kid. And that right there is definitely a form of racism. Mm -hmm. Throwing that out there. But on the flip side of things, He also shared that while he was growing up, that his friend lived in a, I guess, all mostly all black neighborhood. Yeah. And that he, you know, obviously was one of the only white kids that came around and that he did not ever feel welcomed. And so he and his friend basically always had to have a like secret friendship in a sense and to do things in other neighborhoods. And so he wanted to share both of his sides with things and his experience, which obviously I think people can experience those things all the time, but you're going to get them much more on a different perspective, like a different side with white on black. Yeah. And the only thing I can say to that real quick for you, so we can wrap up is I do know some, some black people who are a little apprehensive to, be around white people and it's not because they don't like white people per se it's just what they've been seeing like over the the yeah. the past decades hundreds of years centuries whatever of what's going on yeah because there has never really been a time to where it's been mm-hmm. black people killing white people mm-hmm. it's only been obviously there's been instances where some things have happened but it's been that way. So coming out of Birmingham, Alabama, they just, it was just a little apprehension. Yeah. Which rightfully so. Right. It's not the same, but I feel like a lot of females, even in senses like females always typically, if they're alone, have a fear of being around in general. Mm -hmm. But whenever you've seen that happen to every single person in your family, 
let's say, for decades, why wouldn't you be apprehensive? Yeah. Okay, so this is the same person as this is just a little thing that he wrote that I wanted to read and said, after talking with you about the subject, I went for a drive through an area through the area and it flooded back all the memories of me almost being beaten up because I was a certain race, not because of what I said, simply because of the color of my skin. Unfortunately, it seems that humanity's primal instinct is to separate ourselves from each other while we're forming groups within those separations. As contradictory as that seems, these instincts seem we could all be the same same skin color and we would hate each other based on eye color or hair color. We do it in a lesser degree with, say, Ford and Chevy, iPhone and Android, PlayStation versus Xbox. But skin color seems to be the simplest form for people who aren't enlightened enough to divide themselves into. Racism isn't really about race as much as it is about ignorance. As people who know to look past those differences, as hard as it is, we need to have sympathy and try and love some of those people who can't make that difference. We have to show them that there's a better way. We can't change their minds by looking down on them and dismissing them, which is tough with some of their rhetoric. Without our compassion, understanding, and guidance, they won't likely change on their own. But if we set an example and do something for them to aspire to be and hold our hold out our hand to help them, we can make a difference. Yeah. And that's, I feel like, in a sense, what we're saying is that we know that there is a lot of hatred and ignorance out there. And we obviously would like to show things in a positive light. Obviously, sometimes that can't be the only way. But I feel like for the most part, that is what we all are trying to do. Right. And to make a change. So then I've got one more thing from another friend. And then I'm going to let Barton kind of wrap things up. Because obviously, we could sit here and talk about this for hours. We do appreciate you listening, though. And obviously, we can discuss this again if need be. Hopefully not, though. That would be the dream. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This is the other thing is this is from a close friend. And it's first, this isn't a black or white thing. This is everybody versus racist thing. Everyone versus police brutality, specifically killing black people without repercussions. Rodney King happened years ago. He got beat. The police got off, but he didn't die. Fast forward to now. People are dying at the hands of the police. Call it racism. Call it white supremacy abuse of power, whatever. I call it flat out wrong. With today's technology, we have everyone over and over can see that it's wrong. As a black man, seeing fellow black Americans die without justice being served over and over is painful. I feel like I have an obligation to speak up and do the right thing. There's no turning a blind eye to this anymore. Speak up, start these conversations, come together and fix it now before our kids go through something much worse. Remember, Rodney King didn't die. George Floyd did years later. Yeah. And I think that rings very true. I don't want things to be a like, cause first of all, I don't think anything in life really is black or white whenever it comes to any type of issue. Right. I don't want it to be a black and white situation. I do think it should be like he said, it should be everyone against racism. Correct. And I hope that that's something that's something, at least I think the majority of people can agree on. I agree with that. And that's something that I think we need to all focus on and let bond us together so we can tackle the problem at hand. Ah, this was an episode for us. I'm very stressed out still. I think I'm going to just eat a bowl of pasta and just go nap for five days. That's not a bad idea, honestly. (laughs) But one thing I want to challenge a lot of us to do, like black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whomever you are listening to this, is I want you to go and look 
at your friend groups. Go look on Instagram yes. uh, what you post. Go look at the events in your gatherings that you have in your houses and like what you do in your spare time and look around and ask yourself, is there any diversity in my life? Is there anybody that I am around all the time on the weekends? Do they all look exactly like me? And if they do, ask yourself, why is there no one else there that looks different? And I'm not telling you to go and force to be friends with other races or anything, but I'll see a lot of pictures that people post on Instagram and Facebook and everything. And I'm like, dang, do they not have any other friends like a wedding, like your whole wedding? There was absolutely not one other person there that was not all of one specific race, mm -hmm. you know, like let's get better and let's do better and be better. I have a ton of, black friends in my life that are super close to me, but I can honestly say I equally have that amount of white friends and Hispanic friends and Asian friends that I surround myself with all the time. Yes, you will be drawn to people that look like you. Understandably so. That's just natural. You know what I mean? You don't see cheetahs hanging out with lions. You know what I mean? But be aware of you not being educated in other races and what's going on in their lives. Just be aware of that. And as these questions that Robin said to us or, you know, talked about today, if something you want to know, reach out to them and go have coffee or a drink or break bread and have food. Because that's that's kind of where it all it all starts. Just communication Racism is the pandemic mm -hmm. and love is the cure and love for all people, no matter what you look like. Because if I cut Robin and if I cut me, we both bleed red. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We were created from dust by our Lord and we will go right back into that dirt. And when we get there and we're at that judgment day and he's asking you like, hey, heaven or hell, you know, you already know which one. I hope that all of us can be rejoicing one day up there. So I'm going to finish all that saying, let's love each other. Let's kill this racism. If you see something, say something. Yes. You know what I mean? Just, just do that. And let's just end all this crap so our children can have a better world to live into. So that's all I got. I want there to be an answer. All right. I really do. I think answer is just love and education and communication. And I, I completely yeah. agree. Once again, if you have questions, if you want to reach out, if there's anything we can do to help you make a change in your life that's needed, tell us. If you need a friend, reach out. Yeah. Even. We're and here. As some good, these four white women that I grew up with, they famously said, Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. My heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. So with that, I'm Barton saying goodbye. And this is Robin saying love y'all. <laughs>